This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. We are back and we are live. It is Fight IQ presented by Rotowire. Here to talk UFC 240. The main event is for the featherweight championship of the world. It is Max Blessed Holloway taking on Frankie the Answer Edgar. Here to break down all things about this card from top to bottom from a DraftKings perspective. That's right. We're talking Daily Fantasy. I'm your host, the Daily Fantasy Sniper. But the analyst, the more important guys on this podcast, it is Chris, also known as and this is going to be important, guys. You can follow him on Twitter, at Real Chris Olsen. Trust me, I'll get to that in a minute. Joe, better known as Sun Tzu. Guys, I think this card is getting kind of a bad rap. Um, I think it's a – I think there are good fights on this card. No sexy names. Makes it really hard to sell from a pay-per-view point of view. I'm not sure it's a pay per I get the argument it's not a pay-per-view card. We're going to want to pay 65 bucks for it. But top to bottom, we've seen some way worse cards than this. I think this card's getting a bit of a bad rap while it is a below-average pay-per-view card. Like I'm just going to – we're talking about this pre-podcast, just examples. The Dawudu um, Yoshinori Hori fight is going to be fun. Jeff Neal and uh, Nico Price should be fireworks. I'm interested in Davison Figueredo and Alexander Pantoja. Like, there's some solid fights in this card, pay-per-view, iffy. Joe, what are you thinking for this card? Yeah, I mean, it hurts that it's 11 fights, you know, from a DFS yes. perspective. Um, I will say props to DK for dropping the televised slate already, which I love. Um, you know, um, that's good. Uh, but, you know, for a $50,000 first prize, um, 11 fights, eh. It's going to take something really unique for, you know, one one to win it. it. I see. I foresee a lot of ties here. Unfortunately, that tends to be what happens on eleven fight cards. Um, Chris, how about you? You look forward to this at all? Yeah. Well, you kind of swayed me, as you said. We were talking about it. There are some interesting fights here, but what I would say is, um, you said in your intro, um, the two guys are, are more important. I would say, don't be so modest because. For those who don't know, Sean actually won not one but two GPPs last That's week. Right. So he uh, he deserves a round of applause as much as it kills me inside. And it was it was the hot take. Remember, I'm more proud of the hot take where I gave four fights that were all going to be in the optimal lineup, and they were all oh, on there. Wait, 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 what GPPs did you win? I won the one dollar and the four dollars. Nice. So nice. I didn't. I didn't. I don't have the bankroll to to match. The thing I've been going with lately is if I don't have the bankroll to max out a GPP, 
I'm only playing with whatever tickets I win. Like I'll play satellites and MLB and NBA and whatever fifteen twenty dollar tickets I pick up. All right, I'll play the big GPP. But other than that, you can't max it out. I don't think you should really be playing it. So I max the I max the four dollar. I max the one dollar. Play uh, some cash, some satellites, and have a few beers. Well, talking about hot takes, I appreciate the the love I got for the hooker by knockout. I, I a lot of people uh, DM'd me. Um, a lot of people on Twitter said, you know, I, I caused them to uh, reduce some of their uh, Vic exposure, um, and you know, some people tailed that play on DK. So uh, I, I just saw that so clearly in my head the way that Vic has been fighting lately that. Um, you know, I, I should have had a lot more on it, but it was good. It, it, it definitely helped me um, win some money. Well, teaser to everyone. Um, uh, I hope you see something as clearly as your picks on the Rotowire staff prediction page indicate, because I cannot wait to get to the co-main event. I am really excited. And that's the reason I, I did that, just so everyone knows. I can't wait. Anyway, I will say before we get this episode started, Few things, guys. We're going to run a contest giveaway for for our our listeners um, and viewers. You know, everybody who can see our beautiful faces. Rotowire obviously does more than just MMA. They have a full magazine preview in the NFL season. We're going to give away ten of those for free. Be mailed to you. Here's all you have to do: you have to follow all three of us on Twitter. I'm at the DF Sniper. Chris is at Real Chris Olson. Joe is at Sunsu, S-U-N-T-S-Z-U. Give us your prediction for the main event, the co-main event, and use the hashtag FightIQ. That's all you got to do. So run through that one more time. Follow all three of us on Twitter. Send out a tweet using the hashtag FightIQ with your prediction of who's going to win the main and co-main events. It's Max Holloway, Frankie Edgar versus Chris Cyborg and Chris Cyborg versus Felicia Spencer. That being said, guys, I'll give you another reminder later. But also go to rotowire.com slash free. It's a 10-day free trial to all their premium content. No credit card required. They are the ones who make this podcast possible. We record these on Friday nights at 8 o'clock. We're in chat. Chat's already popping. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Appreciate everyone who um, said said congrats to me in, in, in chat. Um, welcome, everyone. I look forward to talking in there. Friday, 8 o'clock, so you should join there. A lot of fun if you're watching live. If you can't, subscribe on iTunes. Rotowire MMA it is a replay of that live uh, broadcast that you can um, get on iTunes. So I think we got all the pleasantries out of the way. Let's well, one, one more pleasantry, Sean. I yep. want everybody to uh, go to Twitter and check out my retweet, which uh, teased at the contest. So uh, just check out that retweet, just in case people were worried as to what the actual prizes were. Um, just check out my retweet so you know what the prize is not. That's all I say. <laughs> I'm going to after – I don't know what you're referring to, so I can't wait to introduce this first fight <laughs> and open up Twitter real quick. Yeah. That being said, we have Kyle Stewart at 8,200, taking on Eric Koch at 8,000. Uh, line on this fight, it's been pretty much no help in terms of breaking this down from DraftKings. It is still no help. Minus 105 apiece on five dimes. Pretty much whatever site you're at, whatever their vig is, it's minus 110 or minus 115 each guy. The fight does not go to decision. Is also pick them. Uh, Eric Koch, former 145er. This is a fight at 170. He's the more experienced guy, more technical guy. Kyle Stewart got exposed on the ground last time again against Chase Rencounter. It's a close fight, though. He's the bigger guy, younger guy. Is Koch still in it? it it's it's It sucks because on an 11-fight card, you really can't ignore it. But there's a lot of variables here. Joe, start us off. 
So how the mighty have, I, I won't say fallen. It's been really, well, yeah, I guess I'll say fallen. It's been a function of inactivity. Eric Koch, who's only 30 years old, is a guy that actually was scheduled into a title fight with Jose Aldo at 145. Uh, and that did not happen. Um, Aldo got injured. Um, you know, he went up to 155. Um, he got wrestle effed by Clay Guida as a big favorite. I remember that because I, I really took one, a hard one there. So here he is. He's coming off of two losses. He is debuting at 170 after losing to the, the infamous and legendary Bobby Green and Clay Guida. I have to believe that this is his last shot. Um, he's fought once in 2017, once in 2018. Um, he did have a fight that was canceled against Dwight Grant in December. So, you know, inactivity has been his middle name. I have to believe that if he does not do something here, um, that he is either, you know, moving onward to, to brighter pastures or retiring. Um, but give me... Um, you know, give me Coke here. I like the narrative. Um, he's He looked really good. He looked pretty ripped. Um, I don't like that he did a home camp. Um, I see that kind of as a negative, but I don't think Stewart is all that good. Um, you know, he obviously got exposed by Chase from Encounter, who turned out to be a bit better than we all might have thought. But I'll take Coke here. I, I think this is a decision fight. And unfortunately, to Sean's point, with 11 fights on the card, it's kind of difficult to completely fade fights. So be cautious. I don't see this as a high scoring fight unless I'm mistaken. Um, but give me some Coke here. Okay. Joe wants Coke. Chris. Yeah. That, that was, that was, that was well executed. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure this is a close fight um, in terms of skills. Anyway, I think Eric Coke is, is by far the more technical, uh, faster, uh, more diverse striker, better wrestler. But um, the one big if that has to come at the end of that is that Kyle Stewart has the opportunity to knock him out. If he can um, back him up and land, we've seen uh, – we haven't seen him stopped very many times in the octagon. We've seen him stopped a couple, but um, we have seen him maybe not take punches quite as well as, um, as we might like from a fighter that we're betting on or playing DraftKings on, whatever the case may be. So that is um, kind of a concern. Kyle Stewart does have a kind of a bullying wrestling game that he can turn on if he wants to, but I think that Coke is, is the better wrestler here. I think he can use that in maybe not the same way uh, Encounter did. Encounter is, is uh, you know, a good uh, long grappler, but I think that he can still use it to his advantage, and I think that as long as he avoids getting knocked out, I mean, this, this is Coke's fight to lose, I think. So I'm going to be pretty heavy on Eric Coke here, but I think that um, Kyle Stewart is very capable of landing a big shot and taking him out. So have some Stewart. Uh, I think that people will be off of him probably based on the uh, the uh, the lackluster way that his debut went. But he does have a, a puncher's chance here. Overall, though, the pick is Eric Koch pretty solidly. Moving on, Jillian Robertson, 8,600, taking on Sarah Froda at 7,600. Robertson minus 125. Got some odds value here on Froda up to plus 115. I think it's going to keep on falling. I suspect this this could be about pick them come fight time. Uh, women's fight minus 190. Well, floating around minus 200 in some places inside the distance. Look, Robertson fights go quick. 
it's going to be she's look going to look to grapple and look for a submission. Froda is a BJJ black belt. I looked up where it's from. It's from Gracie Barra out in California, so it should be legit black belt. Um, has Pal Robertson has no striking. I see past the victory for high scoring for both of them. I think this is a time that I want to load up on the women's fight. In terms of pricing, I'm picking Robertson to win, but as Froda has probably the highest ceiling among the dogs on the card. So I like Robertson to win, but I think Froda is the better DK play. Chris, start us off on this fight. Yeah, so I think that uh, Sarah Froda is, you know, a bit, she's intriguing because she's big and powerful uh, for this weight class. But, I mean, that's really all she is. She's, she's a, a janky kickboxer. Um, she's got a level one takedown defense. She can hard sprawl, but that's about all she can do. And Jillian Robertson, you know, pursues takedowns. We saw that in uh, the Macedo fight. She holds on to your leg. Um, she, you, you don't, you can't just defend once. She's going to reshoot and she's going to do what she can to take you to the ground. I, um, I will totally uh, concede that if she catches Robertson, she could knock her out. I, I'm not the biggest Jillian Robertson fan. I've picked against her in times when, uh, when the public wasn't, but I like her here just because Frota, I, I don't think really belongs at this level. At, at least Robertson has one skill set that uh, is this caliber. Frota really doesn't have that except for power. And I feel like Roberts, Robertson should be able to hit reactive shots on, on winging hooks. And as long as she can keep herself from getting knocked out, I feel like this is her fight to win either just by relentless takedowns of grappling or a sub finish. So, I'm taking Robertson here, and I think the public is going to be on Frota for the reasons Sean mentioned. So I actually like Robertson quite a bit here. Joe, yeah, I'm I'm pretty much um, on Frota here. Um, it's interesting, you know, she wore glasses to uh, the ceremonial weigh-ins, and someone said she looked like an MS-13 librarian, which I thought was kind of funny. Well, the MS-13 thing is just to throw it out, throw yeah. him under the bus. Um, yeah. At TFS Army, that's our boy Kevin, the fantasy football geek. That's what he's been referring to or everywhere. I won't go in-depth there, but that's... That was hilarious. There's uh, a bunch of crossover in the DFS MMA world. There's a lot of, you know, we all, we all kind of know each other, and that's where that reference came from. Yeah, I, just, quick, since I don't have a lot of hardcore analysis on this fight, quick segue... You know, um, thanks to everyone who's in chat. Our, our boy um, Nandala I, on Twitter, our, our Brigadine Randy Goon. I'll tell you, if I ever get on like a show where I need to phone someone, it's going to be him. I consider myself to be pretty smart, and I don't understand half the shit this guy says. Um, but yeah, thank you for being in chat, guys. I, I like Frodo here. I think that, you know, Frodo, by the way, did finish um, uh, Viviana. <laughs> Um, who's fighting um, later on in this card. Um, she did come in eight pounds heavy um, on short notice against Souza. That was a split decision loss. Um, Jillian Robertson has been with ATT um, since she wasn't legally allowed to dye her hair red. Um, I've got Froda here. Uh, it's interesting that, you know, you see these 115 cards with, um, you know, inside the distance. Um, favorite inside the distance like this, but I think Frode is going to be very popular. There is line value here. Um, she's very cheap. Um, so, you know, I will have some Robertson in mass entry, but I'm going to pick Frode to win. All right. Next up, a fight that should be way further up the card. It is Alexander, Alexandre Pantoja, 8,300, taking on Davison Figueredo at 7,900. Pantoja minus 115. Figueredo plus 105, Pantoja more volume, Figueredo more power. 
Vieiro has some wrestling. Pantoja, world-class BJJ game that I wish he would use more. Ultimately, I think Figgy's going to need a knockout to win this fight, but I think Pantoja at 125 and a low inside the distance prop. I like Pantoja in this fight. It's a matter of how much does he score. It's a mid-range fight. Um, High-level fight, though, really close. I just lean Pantoja for the volume, and I think he's better on the ground. If anyone's going to get a flash knockout, though, to break the whole slate, it could be Fig- it could be Figueroa. It'd be him before it'd be Pantoja, in my opinion. So, uh, give me Pantoja though to win this fight via decision, Joe. Yeah, this is tough for me because when salaries came out, I originally migrated to uh, Figueroa. I mean, I was on him in his last fight against Formiga. He got wrestle effed against uh, Formiga. Um, Pantoja, Ultimate Fighter alum was on uh, as a Novo Uniao trained fighter. Um, you know, the Brazilian camps have been taking quite a hit lately. Uh, you know, he it's, his career has been interesting, right? So he comes off a loss in the Ultimate Fighter. Um, he split decisions against Eric Shelton. Um, you know, chokes out the senior citizen, Neil Siri, loses unanimous decision to... Dustin Ortiz, and then, you know, wins against McLovin, submits Sasaki, and, you know, I think his probably most impressive performance was his last one, and that's why there might be a little bit of recency bias here. Um, He finishes, you know, the ghost of Wilson Heiss. Um, Figueroa, on the other hand, I was very high on. I mean, he is quite the hitter. Um, Unfortunately, he does not throw a lot of volume, and Pantoja has never been finished in his entire career, but I definitely think that he is a notch up um, in terms of competition. Um, I I was disappointed that he didn't do better against Formiga. Um, I was very impressed with what he did to uh, Moraga and Morales, and I think he's fought slightly better competition in the UFC. Um, I am going to go with Figueroa, I think it's a, it's a boomer bust kind of play. GPPs only. Um, don't like him in cash. Price is attractive at seven point nine k. You know, as a GPP fighter with a relatively high ceiling and no floor, I'm going to go with Figueroa. Chris, yeah, this is a tough fight for me. I was kind of going back and forth on it. I think I think the deciding factor here for me is that Pantoja is a little too stationary. Uh, in the pocket, and that is going to allow uh, Figueroa to get in on his hips the same way Wilson Heist did. It's, it seems like uh, Pantoja has to fend off at least one takedown every fight. It's almost like he just doesn't care. He uses that um, that uh, stationary style because he, he knows or he's very confident in his ability to outscramble people. But Figueredo might be a different beast. Uh, probably the strongest guy he's ever fought. Okay. Tell out. I, I was going to say, I think that's because he is one of those he wants to – he doesn't care if he's taken down. His his BJJ game is really good. It is really no, I understand. I, I understand. I like that you felt the need to, to tie me out to tell me that Figueredo has a good BJJ game. No, no, no. no. Pantoja. Pantoja, that's right. Yeah, yeah. But, but that that's what it is, though. Like I wish he, if Figueredo looks for takedowns, I think he's going to regret it. I think well, he will get subbed. Well, uh, what I was going to say is, I mean, you might be right, but what I was going to say is that this is probably the biggest, strongest guy he's ever fought. So it'll be interesting to see how he does on, on bottom here. And I don't think I could trust him being able to outscramble Figueredo the, the same way he could outscramble uh, smaller guys, smaller competition. 
could be wrong about that. That's just a hunch. And I think everybody who who plays this fight is going to have to decide that for themselves. I think the, the strength of Figurator is going to be too much. I think the flat footedness of Pantoja is going to allow for the stalking Figurator to uh, get his Muay Thai game working, land some of those hard kicks, get some takedowns, and ultimately I think it's going to lead to a Figurator decision. So that's where I'm going. All right. Gavin Tucker, 8,400, taking on Sung Woo Choi at 7,800. Gavin Tucker coming off of a horrific beating two years ago against Rick Glenn. The line has flipped in this one as Sung Woo Choi, who lost his UFC debut but was impressive. A theme on this card, um, which I put out a tweet earlier in the week about, um, his was against Movsar Ibloev. Um, you know, long guy. He's got a big reach advantage here. Tucker got that snap beat out of him. They should stand and trade. I just, if line is flip choice, the favorite minus 110, Tucker plus 100. Put Choi in your cash lineups. That's pretty much, I mean, at this point, you almost need to in terms of line value. Yeah, it's the ceiling in this fight is tricky. I just, I don't think Choi is going to have that kind of volume that Rick Glenn put on, although Rick Glenn isn't like a world beater. So I like Choi in this fight. I can't trust Tucker. I know he's at TriStar now, but that camp. It's not going to help his DFS potential. At camp, is death to DFS. So just low output, point fighting style. So I like Choi. I do think he's a better cash game play than GPP. But to me, the pick is Sungwoo Choi by decision. Uh, Chris? I, I love uh, Will's comment in chat. He said, I was loving Choi until that bookie that the UFC uses on uh, the Contender Series picked him. That was awful. So I, now I do it either way. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I, I, I have to go back. I wanted to do it, and you mentioned chat, and it reminded me. Uh, so, Joe, going back a couple of fights, uh, somebody in chat one way. Um, his hot take for the card is that Joe secretly thinks Frode is the most attractive on this card. And <laughs> no. it's my favorite hot take probably that we've ever had. Uh, wow. Okay. That, okay. Is, that, that would be a hot take. Uh, yes. Chris, you're uh, up. Well, okay, but uh, I I kind of I kind of agree about Joe. About Frode? What? I think no. that uh, – I think that uh, you never know, but uh, I just think that look. There's, a, I think there's a narrative around that uh, Tucker uh, Gavin fight where where get Ga- where Gavin was was doing well in the first round and then gassed and then Glenn took over. But that's not really the case. Uh, not only was that first round close, but Tucker got dr- dropped in the first round by Rick Glenn with a nice little one too. So I think it was the height and reach that was really troubling him. I think it's going to trouble him again. The flip side of this fight and the reason why. If you are on uh, Gavin Tucker, and there might be reason to be now that the line is flipped, that um, you know Choi got really wrestle mugged in his debut, and Gavin Tucker, we haven't seen him do a ton of wrestling, but we know that it's in his game. He's got a well-rounded skill set, so if he can look for the passive least resistance and get the wrestling going again, then uh, I think he should totally do that, and I think that's a legitimate path to victory for him. Now the gassing is an issue, and we'll have to see if he can, you know. Keep, keep his, his tank up. We don't know how much he'll be able to wrestle. That's not really a skill set that he uses uh, a lot, at least not, um, you know, relentlessly. So we'll have to see. But I think there's a there, I think there's a path for Gavin if he wrestles. But if it's on the feet, I think the length and the, the height and the reach, rather, will be an issue for him again. So the pick is Choi. But um, if the line flip is going to send people towards Choi, I think Tucker could be a kind of a sneaky play. Joe. He's crystal all the thunder here. So, you know, two years off, um, some of which has been a TriStar. Um, he was training at, at a local camp up in Halifax. Uh, prior to that, Nova Scotia. 
Um, look, I, there there were some things to like about him, his movement. Unfortunately, you know, we only really saw him against Sam Cecilia in the UFC, which, you know, again, is not a, a great test of one's skills. Um, I agree with everything pretty much Chris said. I mean, he, he's got negative line value. <coughs> Excuse me. So it could be sneaky play. Um, I'm going to stay with <coughs> Choi, but I think you should have some shares in GPPs of, uh, of Gavin. Hakeem Dawadu, 9,300, taking on Yoshinori Hori at 6,900. Dawadu is the favorite, minus 365. Comeback on Hori, plus, that's a weird one, plus 328 on five times. Uh, decent inside the distance prop on this fight. Two guys who like to stand and trade. Dawadu's flashed a questionable chin. Yoshinori Hori has beat up a bunch of scrubs and pancreas. Uh, Dawadu should be better, but both guys like to stand and trade. I like this fight a lot for GPPs. I think it's sneaky. Um... Ultimately, the pick is Dawadu, but if I do not put a Hori knockout out of the realm of possibility, and he would break the slate at 6,900. So I'm mixing him in, in GPPs uh, for sure for me. But Dawadu should be the cleaner, better striker fighting at home in a fight where two guys should stand and trade. Uh, Joe. Not only has he been fighting scrubs in Pancreas, he has been fighting guys who are collecting Social Security. I think the average age of his last four opponents is like north of, of 40. Um, so, and one of those are a, is a loss, just so everybody knows. He's got a lot of flash. He's got speed. Uh, if Dawadu fights his kind of fight, which is kind of a boring technical fight, um, this should be another win for him. Um, I just don't know what he's going to score. Uh, that's my problem with Dawadu. I mean, he has never really been a great DraftKings fighter. So from that respect, I agree with Sean. If you if you're looking for a punt with some upside, um, go with uh, go with Hayori. Um, but I have to say, of all the fighters in that eight eight to nine six range, um, you know, Dawudu is probably my least favorite just based on past precedent. Now watch him go out and starch this guy. But I will pick Dawudu for for the win. But I I you know I'm not he's not my favorite play at, in that price point. I like him much more than I like um, Arujo or Jaco. Uh, well, Jaco, yes, Arujo, no. I like Arujo more, but we'll, we could talk about that. Yeah, we'll, we'll get there. Chris, how about this fight? Yeah. Um, not only, to Joe's point, not only has he been, not only was one of those four fights a loss, was a knockout loss, and yeah. it, it was started um, with a nice little one-two that t- touched his chin. Now, to his credit, he, he hung out, he hung in there. A little bit after that, but but was finished, and uh, so that that's something that's something to be wary of. Uh, Dawudu is going to be faster than him. He hits very hard. Uh, he likes to mix up his game well, but Dawudu does have a questionable chin. We have to go back. We have to go back to the Danny Henry fight where he himself caught caught the the um the business end of a one two on the chin. And uh, Yuri's style is you know uh, he'll throw two shots in a row sometimes, but mainly he's a he's a a one shot kickboxer. Uh, he can counter really well, and he's got some speed of his own. Now, generally, he doesn't really – generally, his defense is pretty good. I, I will say that. He keeps distance pretty well, so the, the the flash knockout was kind of a surprise to me. But now that it's happened, we have to take it into consideration. Um, I'm kind of scared of this fight just because I think I think the, the public perception will be, oh, Dawidu is just going to take this guy out, and that's going to be the end of it. I think Hori has a path here. I think that we've seen Dawadu uh, really just let his hands float 
and not uh, play defense all that much. We saw that in uh, in the Steven Siler fight in a different organization. So uh, I'm I'm kind of worried about Dawood here to be honest. I could re- I could see this fight very easily being one where Dawood is in control and then he just gets clipped and then that's the end of the fight. So the pick is going to be Dawood, but uh, I have my reservations. I think that uh, Yuri can touch his chin and if he does, I think uh, the night could be over. So I would mix this up. I would like Sean said, slate breaker if the 60 uh, 900 comes through. So have shares of both, but the pick is Dawood. Speaking of just odd feelings, Vivian Arujo, 9,100, taking on Alexis Davis at 7,100. Arujo, minus 185. It's kind of low for 9,100. Alexis Davis, plus 170 and 7,100. Arujo has everybody talking because she flatlined Talita Bernardo up a weight class on short notice in her UFC debut. Alexis up two Davis. weight classes. That was at thirty-five, and this is a fight at twenty-five. Yeah, but 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 she was she actually her, her, most of her fights were at one fifteen. But she's fighting at twenty-five now. Right. She is yeah. semantics yeah. one or two weight classes. I'm going to say one, but I I get I get your point. Yeah. Um, Alexis Davis, we know her from such scintillating striking battles as the one against Cindy Dandois. <laughs> if you want to go watch that fight, um, just bring something to spoon out your eyes halfway through. <laughs> that being said. Like Alexis Davis is tough, and Arubo's going to have to get her out quick. I know she flatlined to lead to Bernardo, but Bernardo's a grappler. Like Alexis Davis does not have good striking, but I think it's more seasoned at least. It goes to decision. I mean, call me crazy, but we've seen weirder things in Canada. Arubo should win this fight. I'm more questioning her upside. I don't want to rely on the one punch knockout power of a woman's flyweight. So for me, the price tag is a bit a, a bit much for for Arujo. I wanted to look up real quick um, while I'm talking what the inside the distance prop was for that fight, and that does not go to decision is plus 150. So Vegas expecting a decision 9100. You got Chris Cyborg, Max Holloway up there. Like it's tough for me to pay for for Arujo. We'll start with Chris in this one. I do think she wins. But I don't think Alexis Davis is the craziest play, especially on an 11-fight card. Yeah, well, I, I think she wins pretty comfortably, and I, I do think that Davis is kind of a crazy play. I just think – I mean, you're right that she might be a more seasoned striker, but it, it's really upright and janky. If this is on the feed, she's not really going to have a chance against Arroyo. Her only chance is to use her physicality and uh, see if she can get this fight to the ground, which – in in her in her debut against Bernardo, she um she showed some good hips and a, a nice base. She was able to actually get on top from a uh, takedown that Bernardo was attempting. So I, I don't really put a lot of faith in her ability to take the fight to the floor either. I just think she pieces uh, Davis up for 15 minutes. I think she might not get her out of there. It's gonna. I think it's gonna be pretty high volume though. I understand the. Uh, the uh, reservations about the price, but I think she's pretty safe, at least in cash. And I definitely think it's a good fight to bet at. What was it? Minus 185. Yes. So I, I think that, I think that that would be a great spot to bet it. I Again, I understand the reservations, but I don't give Davis much of a shot here. Joe. Joe, you're still muted, bud. Yeah, yeah I know. Um, yeah. So I was just doing a quick little bit of research. Um, you know, Araijo by any KO or submission or DQ is plus 175 on DK Sportsbook. 
Um, I like her to finish this. Um, I was one of the many people, I shouldn't say many, there was a core group of us that were on her against Bernardo um, at 6.9K as plus 230 underdog. Um, really made my night um, having her come in like that and getting that finish in the third round. Look, Davis is 34. I think her best days are behind her. The one thing, the one reason why I will likely have a few shares of her in GPPs is she's really cheap and she's Canadian. So um, if the fight is close, maybe, who knows? But I think, you know, Araijo is the future. I really liked what I saw, her movement. Um, you know, someone who's fought their entire fight at straw, their entire career at straw weight, moves up two weight classes to take a short notice fight on three days notice, weighs in light on that fight, and then just, you know, really dominates with her movement. Um, you know, Bernardo, I, I, I'm really excited to see what she could do at 125. Um, I think this is going to be a signature win for her, um, and you will see her in the top five in no time at all. All right, moving on. Actually, I'm going to take take a pause there. Reminder to everyone listening, or if you joined us late, we are having a giveaway on Fight IQ. Hopefully there will be more of these to come, and not just um, magazines, as I'm going to tell you about in a second, but other kinds of giveaways. Rotowire obviously does more than just MMA. They have their season-long um, fantasy football preview magazine out. I'm going to give away 10 copies of those to, for free to our listeners. All you have to do is follow all of us on Twitter. I'm at the DF Sniper. Chris is at Real Chris Olson. Joe is at Sunsu, S U N T S Z U. Give us your prediction of who's going to win the main event and the co main event and use the hashtag FightIQ. And if you want to throw something fun in there about why you love the uh, show, that would make me happy. Um, I assume most of you are going to say how we give uh, Chris a hard time, which we haven't done yet. And I just realized yeah. all our main card picks agree on. I agree with you. Oh, it's going to be a poor episode. I, 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 I got to find something out here. I I always love the, the these uh, these events. They're my favorite. I actually think that we're we're melding minds, and it's just not yet complete. I don't. I've won five dollars off huge in the in the last two events. I got to find a bet somewhere in the rest. I of know. This. Anyway, no, guys, playing away. Can I? I'm sorry. Before we continue, let, can I just say? Uh, I have my magazine already. I, I read it uh, the other week when my power was out last week. It's got uh, a lot of advanced statistics, uh, average depth of target, uh, air yards. It uh, tells you how combine stuff and physical attributes uh, correlate to performance. So a lot of advanced stat- stats in there, leaderboards, good things to get you uh, to get you the jump on your season league. You guys want this. It's good information. So, uh, yeah, get those uh, get those entries in on Twitter. Chris, I'm guessing you did not see my tweet as to what the uh, alternative prize was. I did not. What was it? It was it was a it was a a all expenses paid date with the real Chris Olson, including his mom's meatloaf. Oh um, man, yeah, and there was uh, there was a lot of people that said they wanted the meatloaf. So you must be uh, you must be looking sharp and groomed. Yeah, uh, no, I, uh, well, I, I have been working out lately. Thank you guys for noticing. Yeah. Um, so. I, yeah. uh, you know, there's some fun things to do around here. We can go see a movie. So we haven't ruled that out, but maybe that'll be for future weeks. We'll see. Yeah. And, and I will buy popcorn and a raspberry Slurpee. So, oh, wow. um, yeah, you guys, uh, we're trying to hook Chris up. We got to get him out of the basement. Um, you know, so anybody who wants to date the real Chris Olsen, um, the movie's on me. All right. 
You heard it here first, folks. Now, can anybody out there watches your mom's house podcast? This is eerily similar to what they're doing with Josh Potter. I'm oh, not going to go. I'm not going to go into the uh, specifics, but wow. Yeah, for the love of God, can we get back to fights? Please. I don't know. Everybody, take part of the contest, please. Which fight are we on? We are, okay. we are starting the main yeah. card um, right after Chris puts away his season-long magazine, and we can get into. Off Jaco at 8700, taking on Marc Andre Barrio, who is at 7500. Jaco is minus 170. The comeback on Barrio is plus 150. Look, Jaco to me is still kind of unproven. I know he's more seasoned. I think he could have, you know, he needs to get back to his grappling. That's when he was successful. He's flashed a questionable chin at times. Uriah Hall hit him with a murderous shot. I'm not going to, you know, he and he gassed himself out in that fight. That being said, um, Barrio hits hard, and he was able to defend takedowns and hold his own against who I think is a better wrestler in Andrew Sanchez. Um, I think he's live in this fight. I don't trust Jocko at minus 170, 8,700, and he doesn't typically score high in this fight. So I like Barrio here um, in all formats. I think if Jocko wins, I don't think it'll be quick. I think Barrio's got a floor and a sneaky high ceiling if uh, the chin of Jocko flashes. So give me Marc-Andre Barrio to uh, – I'm going to call a – second round knockout for the Canadian. Uh, Chris. Yeah, uh, well, this is one of uh, the main event fights, the first one of all of them, in fact, that we agree on, as you said. Uh, this was a close fight for me. The reason I ultimately ended up going with Barrio is because, um, like like you said, I, I saw the same thing in the Andrew Sanchez fight. Uh, he, uh, Sanchez was able to get him down at times, but Barrio made him pay every, every time when he would get back to his feet. He would show a nice uh, clinch game with those uppercuts. He's a good uh, kickboxer from distance. And Jocko, I mean, he showed a good wrestling game in his last fight. He showed a good, consistent wrestling game, more so than we've ever seen him before. I don't know if we can trust him to do that again. And even if we can, I'm not sure that Barrio will be susceptible to it as, you know, Jocko obviously isn't the wrestler that Andrew Sanchez is. So I this is a close fight for me. I do have durability questions, as Sean does, which is part of the reason I'm going with we're all here. I think he's got enough power. I think he's got enough of a clinch game to make it work when they're in there. And uh, I like uh, Baral to maybe get a finish as well. So that's the pick. Joe. Yeah. Um, we're starting to see some line movement in, in Burrow's favor here. Um, you know, for those who are interested in, in Burrow by, by finish, you could get plus plus 300, I believe on plus 300 on DK sports book, any finish. Really? Because I, I I bet him by damn it. I, I think I bet him earlier in the week at, at to win inside the distance. Not that good. I will say real quick because I want to look up what it is. Because you just mentioned that um, that uh, all the Canadians are seeing money coming on them. Yeah, when I bet Barrio inside the distance, it was plus two seventy five. Damn yeah, it. No, this is this is uh, by by DQ submission or knockout plus three hundred. For right now, and deep on the DK sports book, so mm. the lines are kind of wonky. Like sometimes they're better than five dimes, other times they're worse. It really. So anyway, um, we're starting to see some money move. Um, I think Jatka was exposed by Brad Tavares. He came into that fight as a favorite. Uh, Tavares just destroyed him standing. Um, you know, my concern is, and and here's what's interesting about it is, I don't think Jatka is a better has a better ground game than Sanchez. So if Burrow was able to get up and hurt Sanchez on occasion, 
I don't know why he can't do the same thing here against Chodko. Um, I do think Jotko is interesting because he's probably going to be w- one of the lower-owned guys at that price point. Um, so he might be worth a small GPP punt that way. But I'm going to kind of like, you know, make it a trifecta here and go with Barrio to, you know, to get the win here. Chris, wait, we did we, we, no, we, we did I, your yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like hearing myself oh, no. talk. I can go again. I know. Sorry. Yeah. The whole betting thing threw me off. Okay. Anyway. Armand Sukarian, 8,800, taking on Olivier Aubon Mercier, the Canadian gangster at 7,400. Um, Sarukian, though, coming off his UFC debut loss, again, against Islam Makashev, great name, and performed well in that fight. He's a minus 165 favorite. OAM is, seems to be declining, plus 155, coming off of two straight losses. Um, should be a lot of grappling. I mean, you expect to see a lot of grappling in this fight as both guys look to grapple. I'm kind of suspicious this is going to turn into one of those grapplers cancel each other out type of fights. I think Mercier is live, but I like the young guy in um, Sukarian. He's unproven, and it's 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 a really slight lean. I'm not as confident as some people. I need to see it a little more. Um, as much as I love, love OAM, he's made me quite a bit of money in the past. I just I don't think it's a great matchup for him, and I kind of think he's on the back end of his career uh, as much as I love the uh, fanny pack. Joe. Yeah, so a little bit of narrative around this. Um, it's been kind of fairly well publicized, at least on Twitter, that OAM actually hired an MMA handicapper to do a profile of his opponent. Um, We're all guessing who it is, by the, but, but, yeah. by the way. I, I think I think there are two frontrunners. You want to give who you think it is? I, I have no idea. I have- I, I, the names I'm hearing most, and my guess is it's Luca Fury, or uh, the other one out there is Gabe Killian. Uh, Gabe Killian would probably make more sense, but um, in any case, uh, yeah, I mean, he could, OAM could in theory be cut here. Um, I, I'm with you, Sean. It's really difficult to have a lot of confidence in a guy coming off a debut loss, even though he looked very impressive. The narrative around the narrative around this kid is he's 22 years old. He won a year's free training at Tiger Muay Thai in, in Phuket. Um, you know, by winning a tournament and now he is, he, he moved his game over to ATT. So he's making all the right moves. The only fighter in the hist in, in the only fighter to ever take down Islam Makachev, which is kind of part of the narrative here. Um, I do like him. I'm not sure, you know, he's got some, he's got some really unique knockouts and finishes and ground and pound. Um, the, the other part of the narrative here is, well, if Alex Hernandez, you know, could grind out OAM, you know, everybody is of the belief that, you know, this is a serious Alex Hernandez. Why can't he? Um, The back narrative from OAM is that, hey, I overtrained, whatever that means. Like I overtrained and I was tired and, you know, that's what happened here. So I do like him. His price is very interesting. I mean, I could see him getting, you know, rinse and repeat takedowns. I'm maybe even getting a late finish. Um, I'm going to go with him for the win. Um, but I think based on the fact that he's got his back up against the wall and he is a Canadian fighter, that you should probably have a few shares of OAM and GPPs. Chris? So I kind of hope that it turns into what you what you uh, said, Sean, which was a grapplers cancel each other out kickboxing match. Because if that happens, I think Chernenko is the way better kickboxer here. I think... Renko. 
Well, you pulled a Joe. That's just Joe's job. What's Sorenko, his name? What's Sorenko's, his name? Sorenko's a tennis player. Armin Sukarian. <laughs> Sukarian, and you're right. Yes, she is a tennis player. Um, okay, so I think Sukarian. That's what I said the first time. Is uh, is the much better kickboxer here? I also think that uh, I was really impressed by the way he scrambled with Makachev. Uh, OAM has never really been uh, somebody I liked all that much. Uh, he came forward a little bit more in his last fight, but he's very susceptible to being put on the back foot, and he's sort of a one-shot uh, kickboxer. Uh, he can throw pretty heavy, but I like Cernanko to keep distance and just have a more active, diverse striking game on the feet. And on the ground, it will be interesting to see what they do. It's a lot more even there. But I think that uh, – give me his name again. Armin. Sarukian. Sarukian, Sarukian, Sarukian. There, I'll never forget it. I So I think Sarukian uh, could probably outscramble him as well. And as I said, if it stays on the feet, I like him a whole lot. So that's my pick for the fight. All right, moving on. We have Jeff Neal at 9000 taking on Nico, the hybrid price, at 7200 This fight should be fireworks neil at minus 325 price at plus 295 does not go to decision minus 400 light them up somebody just two guys stand and trade until one guy falls price has just some crazy knockouts neil looked great against frank camacho i kind of doubted him i saw he has some takedown defense um look in this type of firefight give me jeff neil but i want tons of this fight in gpps someone's gonna fall joe Oh, no, sorry, we have to Chris. Chris, you go first. Yes. Yeah, uh, someone is going to fall, and it's going to be Nico Price. I've been I've been heavy on Jeff Neal ever since he came in. I was heavy uh, on him against Camacho. He is legitimately one of the most the, one of the quickest and most powerful guys in the division. I think he's just he combines those skill sets so well. He throws in combinations very well. He's defensively responsible. I think he is a complete fighter. I think we're going to see big big things from him. Look, uh, 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 Nico Price should be lauded for his heart and the way he tends to grind and, and finds wins in these fights. And he obviously can throw hard. And if he touches you on the chin, he can beat you. But I, 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 I got to be honest, I really don't see that happening here. I think that Jeff Neal, I mean, if you want to say the takedown is maybe a threat, I, I, I don't really see Nico Price doing a ton of wrestling, a ton of committed wrestling. And even if he did, as Sean said, I think that Neal – has a good enough takedown defense to weather it. I just think Neil is light years ahead on the feet, and uh, I think this is going to end in a knockout for Jeff Neal. Joe? Yeah, I mean, everything what Chris just said. Um, I I think you should have a few shares of Price. He has a, a, a high ceiling but a zero floor, um, so GPPs only. But uh, I think Neil is uh, pretty solid. Um, he's certainly a pivot off of perhaps cyborg and you could use the the money to um upgrade your your lower tier um part of your lineup so i, I definitely like neil here i will have some shares of price in gpps but give me jeff neil all right moving on to our co-main event chris cyborg 9600 on trav kings um uh, that's a lot felicia spencer 6600 um Spencer plus four thirty-five comeback on Cyborg. Plus, oh. minus, I can't even minus five hundred for Here Cyborg. Here it comes. Here it comes. Minus, minus six hundred ends inside the distance. 
Cyborg, last, I'm going to steal Joe's thunder. It is the last fight on her contract. Could be looking to go elsewhere. Spencer is at least a legit 145-er. Big lady who I will, not big as in large, big as in like she's an actual 145-er. How dare you? And, no, I was just, and I'm going to follow by saying I didn't realize she was as good looking as, as I thought she was. For what it's worth in women's MMA, I know it's pretty sexist and we shouldn't talk about it, but it is what it is. I um I was pleasantly surprised when I saw some of her interviews this week. Um, Cyborg's gonna maul her though, in my opinion. Like, <laughs> Joe, you picked Spencer. How how does she not get destroyed? I think she needs the feet. There's no contest, and Spencer. She looks for a takedown. Cyborg should just shrug her off and beat the shit out of her. Sorry. Okay, so I'm gonna Spencer. I'm gonna I'll talk about the pick in a second. Um, I honestly think Spencer. She's only five six. She should be able to make 135. I mean, again, I'm not a nutritionist and I'm not part of her camp, but, it, you know, it would seem to me that she should be able to make 135. I would love to see her at bantamweight um, just because there's just so few fights right now at 145. And unless the UFC is going to make a commitment to building up the weight class, um, you know, there's going to be like periods of inactivity. Um, I was on her in a major way against Megan Anderson. Um you know, Spencer, the phenom, is Anderson's kryptonite. Um, so let's talk about the pick. So I was looking for a way to differentiate myself from the rest of the well, selectors. You did it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, accomplishment. I, I am, for the purpose of this podcast, I'm picking Cyborg to win. Um, however, um, I have seen some interesting Cyborg fights um, where, you know, she essentially carried – um, Tanya Avenger for three rounds. Holly Holm went the distance. Um, none of those have the wrestling, the offensive wrestling that uh, Spencer has. So, you know, maybe she gets a few takedowns. Look, I, I just don't know what's in Cyborg's head here. Um, I don't know if she even wants her contract renewed. She's been talking about, like, some boxing slash wrestling promotion. Um, you know, she makes money on merchandising, her name. Um, so I don't know like what she is wanting here, um, whether she wants to put on a, uh, you know, an impressive performance and, and, you know, get her contract renewed. Um, she is a pretty high ticket for the UFC in terms of fighter comp. So I'm going to pick her to win. Um, again, my fear is that at 9.6 K, a lot of things have to happen for you to get value. Um, she's probably a better cash play than she is a GPP play. Um, because if you, if you're looking at 12 X, um, to hit optimal, um, a lot has to happen when you're at 9.6 K. So I, I think I like her better in cash. I will take cyborg to win. Um, I do think there are better GPP plays in that price point, um, which we'll talk about coming up. So, you know, give me cyborg. Would it shock me if Spencer scored? 25, 30 points in a loss? No. It would shock me. Really? For, for what that's worth. Yeah, I think this is going to be over in two minutes. Okay. Uh, Chris? Yeah, well, Joe chickened out. That was kind of disappointing. I was I was hoping to hear... I was going to make a legitimate case for Spencer to win. I was hoping to hear it. Yeah. For, yeah. It's all based on narrative. All right, well... I, I mean, I think there's a reason why Joe couldn't do it, and it, I, I don't think it's possible. I think, like, on the feet, she's just an upright, slow striker. And, look, I could she take her down? Maybe that is sort of a question mark. We haven't really seen anybody try to wrestle Cyborg in a long time. We saw uh, Kunitskaya, was it Kunitskaya, get the, the one low single yeah. kick down on her? Yep. Yeah. Um, but she got right back to her feet, and 
wasn't able to take her down again. Even if she got her down, it would kind of surprise me if she could hold her there. I, I just I just don't um, see any. I think this is going to follow in the mold of all of Cyborg's fights before Amanda Nunes, all of her recent ones, by which I mean the Lena Landsbergs and the Kunitskaya's, where um, she's just going to touch her opponent a couple times on the chin. They're going to fall, and that's going to be the end of the fight. I think that uh, you can expect 105 to 110 pretty comfortably here. So I think that makes her pretty live everywhere. And, uh, yeah, um, Cyborg all day. So how, wait, how are you going to get one ten if she drops Spencer in the first two minutes? Because if, because well, she's not she's not going to drop her in the if you if you watch if you get those fights before uh, Cyborg, uh, some most of them go like uh, three or four minutes. I like, said two, end of first that, round. That and, is my uh, too quick. Huh? I was I was saying I, I agree. I th- I said two minutes, and that's my big worry. Joe is too quick. It could it could be too quick, but. Uh, here, let's let's just let's uh, actually we can see if I'm right in real time here. We can pull them up. Uh, Kunitskaya, she got 112. Okay, Evanger was only 92, so that wouldn't work. 89 uh, against home. 134 against Landsberg. Uh, actually, uh, Leslie Smith was 116. So look, she's been she's been getting it done. Uh, I I won't say more often than not, but I, I mean I guess you could say about as often as as she doesn't. So maybe. It's been 50-50 in, in the space of those fights. But for this one, I just I just think that Spencer has, has nothing for her. Maybe uh, she's maybe she's tough enough to withstand a little bit of a beating and uh, and you get your value. Main event time. Max Holloway, 9,400, taking on Frankie the answer. Edgar at 6,800. Holloway minus 320. Edgar plus 290. Um, Holloway, a DraftKings scoring machine. Edgar... Probably the best wrestler Holloway's ever faced. Holloway's had good takedown defense in the past. Should get tested here. Um, Edgar knocked out by Brian Ortega. You know, that's that's concerning. The win over Cub Swanson doesn't do a ton for me. Um, either way, this fight's going to end up on the optimal. I'm going to stack it up. I don't think Holloway finishes Edgar quick. Even in a win, he's a volume guy. And as Edgar's going to look for takedowns. I like both sides of this fight. GPPs, I got to favor Max Holloway. Just younger, fresher, more volume. The worry is, when is the weight cut going to start getting to Max Holloway? Don't think it's quite yet. Uh, give me Holloway here, Chris. Yeah, stacking it up is fine, and um, I'm not usually a proponent of doing that. But in this fight, like you said, I think there's going to be volume on both sides. This fight is actually pretty fascinating to me because on the feet, if it stays, it stays there, both of these guys pretty much try to do the same thing. They want to get in your face. They want to box you up. They want to um, push the pace. Now, I do think that Max Holloway is better at doing that than Frankie Edgar, which is why I'm picking Max Holloway. I think Max is, is the better guy at doing what Frankie tries to do on the feet. And look, the uh, that elbow from uh, Brian Ortega, it's not the first time we've seen um, Edgar weighed in and get cracked for it. It's just the first time it's finished him. So um, I think that, that Max could catch him here with something, but if not, I think that – He's probably going to stay on his feet. That's going to lead to a lot of volume, and I think it's going to be a max holiday. Holloway, that is, victory. Joe? Yeah, so, you know, here's what frustrates me about this matchup is so many people are talking about this fight as if a prime Frankie is going to show up and not a guy who's 37 years old coming off of a 16-month layoff where he didn't look great against the guy named Cub Swanson who's finishing out his contract. Did he? I, I was at that fight. He did not look great in that fight. Did he, he look bad? Have, hang on, hang on, hang on. He, he, should, have, 
finished Cobb in that did fight. He look, did he look bad against Ortega before he got caught with the elbow? Ortega is not a great striker, dude. But he. I, but what I'm saying is he did what he always does. Yeah, yeah, I'm just saying that, you know, people are, like, judging Frankie on his body of work, which is a, a huge issue for me for a 37-year-old fighter coming off a 16-month layoff. In the words of the notorious B.I.G., give me loot, give me loot, give me loot, Max Holloway, Cash, GPP, Slate Breaker, give me loot, give me loot, give me loot. Yeah, we got to end this podcast because Joe's dropping rap references. Like, we got to get the hell out of here. Who does not like the Notorious B.I.G.? I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying that that just means it's time to leave. Give me loot. Before we do that, guys, drop some hot takes in chat. We're going to read a viewer hot hot take before we get to our hot takes for UFC 240. Reminders, giving away the Rotowire season-long fantasy football preview. Follow all of us on Twitter. I won't read through the names again. Follow us on Twitter. Tell us who's going to win the main and co-main event and use the hashtag FightIQ. Hot takes. Guys, you got one ready before we get yeah, to the viewer? I'm good, man. I got my hot take. Um, I'm going to live it. up to my sometime moniker, the Chick Whisperer. I'm going to say uh, Viviana, by, Viviana gets a finish and Froda gets a finish. Nice. Okay. Um yeah, someone <laughs> that's funny that you took Daniel Morey's thunder. He said all women fights end in TKO KO. Um, I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna read Nandalal's main event is not in the optimal lineup. He was saying that Holloway is gonna drop Edgar too quick. Um, I could see the co-main event not being in the optimal. He said he said the main, and I, w- I wanted to. There was another good one that one way had. Mm, you gotta find it. It was really good too. Damn. Okay, while you're looking at that, um, I want to make a public service announcement. Um, the next next week's UFC card is in the great state of New Jersey. Um, it is a very early card, very weird. It's a noon start time, Eastern. Um, I am asking if anyone of our millions of listeners are going to be attending that card. Um, I am on the fence right now. I'm, I'm kind of hoping for a hookup by uh, DK, but if you are um, thinking of attending that fight, drop me uh, a DM in Twitter. Um, be good to catch up and meet with some guys. I'm like contemplating maybe getting a group of guys together and kind of having a, a late breakfast before the fights. <clears throat> so <laughs> let me know if anybody's planning on going to that that card. It looks like we got uh, you know, a, a, pretty, a pretty nice main event, although we did lose a fight with uh, Evilev uh, not being able to get a visa. Um, I'm not sure if that fight's going to be replaced or not. Um, and also, um, you know, to probably to the surprise of my illustrious co-hosts here, um, if I am fortunate enough to advance to the next round of the knockout challenge on DraftKings, um, I will need to abstain from potting next week um, um, when I if I get into the money round. So, uh, you know, I don't know. You, don't, you don't want to jinx yourself, man. You got to, I was almost like not going to say anything, but you know, we'll, we'll look for a suitable, um, you know, replacement for that week. Um, just so I could kind of focus on what I need to do. We are playing for 50 K. So, uh, you know, that's real money. Um, so that might happen. Um, hot takes. Uh, I, I found the one from one way. Um, I like Kyle Stewart versus Eric Koch will be the highest scoring uh, fight on the card. Okay, wow, that is a hot take. So, uh, Chris, you got your hot take? Yeah, let's say that uh, Ori finds Dawudu's chin and, and finishes him. Woo, I like it. I, I like that one, too. 
Um, my hot take will be. We're gonna see. I'm gonna start. I, I, I I'm gonna start referring to Nadala um, as World Buck because that's easier than either of his names. So, um, what's does World Buck have a hot take? Uh, I gave yeah, I rate his. Oh. His was this was the um, main event not being inside the disc, not being on the optimal. Oh, got line. it right. Okay. My hot takes, which I've been on a roll with, I'm gonna go aggressive again because that's the way we do hot takes. Your hot All take was money last week. This this is gonna be a stars and scrubs week. Three fighters priced nine thousand or over are gonna be in the optimal lineup. Wow. I think I think we're gonna see uh, see uh, some upsets. All right, that's what we got for UFC 240. I gave you all the promo stuff. I'm not going to read it again, other than you should go to rotowire.com slash free 10-day free trial to all their premium content. No credit card required. Thanks, everybody at Rotowire for letting us do these podcasts. Hopefully, they hook us up with some more giveaways, maybe some swag. We'll see how it goes. Guys, enjoy the fights. Can Good I just say one contest. thing? I, I'm not sure. sure. Thank you very much. I'm not sure if this was mentioned or not. If it was, forgive me. But that's 10 magazines were given out. So it's the first 10. And that does include postage. Like postage is on our dime, right? Yes, yes it is. Um, hey, Chris, are you going to the New Jersey card next week? Uh, I hadn't planned on it, no. But uh, now that Ooh. now that Sean can't go, I, I don't have a reason to go. So. Well, wait, 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 wait. If DK hooks me up, do you want to come? If if they hook you up, I, w- yeah. I would love to go, yeah. Okay, yeah. Let me, let's see what happens. Okay. Um, yep. If somebody else is paying, I'm always there. Yeah, I'll see. I'll see. I expect to hear from DK in the next couple of days. Okay, sounds good. But uh, let me just let me just close real quick, guys. Uh, the past three of these have gotten over 700 views each. We're climbing and climbing and climbing. We love it. We appreciate all the support. We're gonna work on some more giveaways, maybe some contests, as Sean said. Uh, like, comment, subscribe, do all that good stuff. We always appreciate the support. And uh, thanks so much, guys. We'll see you next time. Later, guys. Yep.